passage tonight to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians the 4th chapter. And uh, by way of review, for those of you that have been involved in this series, we're doing a series on the spirit of faith. Sounds a little tinny up here to me, so maybe if you could make some adjustments, that would be awesome. So the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. Amen. And uh, one of the reasons why we review is because the Word of God has kind of a, a pounding effect to it. The Word of God has a pounding effect to it. There is no CIA. The more word that you get into your heart concerning truths uh, about the subject of faith, the more faith will come. See, the Bible says that so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now look with me at 2 Corinthians, if you would, in, in chapter uh, 4 and verses 8 through 13. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. And notice with me in verse 8, it says, We are troubled on every side, but... Not in despair. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Aren't you thankful that even though you might have been knocked down, you're never knocked out? But by God's grace and, of course, your faith, Connecting into the grace of God, you can get back up on your feet. And you can fight the good fight of faith and enter into that arena, amen, and win. Now notice with me in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13, I want you to read it with me. It says, we have him. Now it's not something that we're trying to get, it's something that we already have. We having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So faith then, of course, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is released by faith-filled words and acting on the promises of God. Amen. And so the believing is done in your heart. The speaking is done with your mouth and then your actions should uh, conform to what you believe and what you speak. If we're acting differently from what we believe and speak, we're short-circuiting the power of God. Amen? Amen. And so we want God's power uh, to be operating and to be flowing in every area of our lives for our bodies for our families, for our finances. Amen. So we have the same spirit of faith. Now go over to Hebrews chapter 10. And notice with me in verse 35. Hebrews the 10th chapter, the 35th verse says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Cast not away, therefore, your assurance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. 
For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promises. Thank God there are rewards for living by faith. He is a rewarder of those that will diligently seek Him. Now notice in verse 37. For yet a little while, and he that will come will come, and will not tarry. He's coming soon. And your manifestation is coming soon. Need to be expecting that. Now the just, that's you and me. We shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. I want you to notice that phrase, the just shall live by faith. If faith is a movement and that movement is over, we're in trouble. Because we're called to live by it. Faith is not a movement. Faith is a way of life. Okay? All right. In verse 39, But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. A good definition of faith is the Word of God or faith and His Word. It is the substance. It is the foundation that we stand upon. It is the substance of those things that we confidently and favorably expect. So faith is the foundation that our hope stands on. I can expect my body to be healed because the Word says I am. I can expect my needs to be met because the Word says He meets my needs. Amen? But if the Word didn't say it, I have no foundation for what I could expect. So you want then, make sure that you abase your life completely on the Word of God. It is the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So that things which appear were not made, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Amen? So have you been framing anything lately? God framed the worlds through His Word. You frame your world, the kind of world you want to live in, by His Word coming out of your mouth. Amen? Verse 4. And we looked at these. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Well, he offered fluffy, didn't he? So faith is an offering by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead yet speaketh. So it's still speaking to us today. By faith, Enoch. So faith is a walk. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had transferred him, translated him. For before this translation, he had this testimony that what did he do? Will he please God? We looked at Genesis and we find out how that he did please God. He walked with God. But if to please God, we must operate in faith. Without faith, it is impossible to what? If I'm going to walk with God, I'm going to have to walk with Him by faith. Amen? So Enoch must have done that. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in Hebrews chapter 11, would he? All right, read verse 6 with me. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those that occasionally seek Him. 
Thank you. Verse 7, by faith, Noah. Well, what, how was Noah's faith expressed? He built an ark. So we could say that faith prepares. Okay? Are you getting prepared for the good things that God has in store for you? Okay? And so Noah built an ark out of wood. We build an ark of safety out of the word. Right? So by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with reverence, prepared an ark to the saving his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing wherever he went. By faith, he lived in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked... For a city. Are you looking for that city? He looked for a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. And so faith obeys. Abraham obeyed. But you know what else faith does? Faith looks for it. Faith looks for it. Whatever it is that you desire that you need. It may be a home. uh, It may be a career. Faith looks for it. Faith expects it. Abraham was looking for a city. Amen? What are you looking for? I'm getting my faith built up in the favor of God to the degree that I'm declaring that there is nothing impossible for me because I am a believer. Amen? Hallelujah. Again, say this with me. The blessing is an empowerment. For me to prosper and to succeed in life. And the favor of God provides the opportunities to cause that to happen. Mm-hmm. And so because of the favor of God, we need to say regularly, I'm always in the right place at the right time. Divine connections await me every day of my life. So don't consider it strange or don't consider it funny when they start happening regularly. And when they happen regularly, identify it and say, that's the favor of God. Amen? The windows of heaven are open. And out of those windows are coming divine opportunities and divine connections. Out of those windows of heaven are coming ideas and concepts and insights. We're filled with the wisdom of God. So faith looks for it. It looks for it. You know, for example, if, if you're believing for a home or something, you don't want to just go out and buy the first thing that comes along. You want to be led by the Holy Ghost. That's right. You want Him to lead you, guide you. And so it's nothing wrong with, you know, checking things out, naturally speaking, but all the time you're looking in your spirit. That's right. You're checking up down on the inside. Say it with me, faith, faith. looks for it. Verse 11, we talked about this last week. Through faith, faith also herself. It wasn't just Abraham's faith. They were co-heirs of the grace of this life together. See, Sarah also had faith. Amen? Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. And so last week we talked about our Father is a faithful God. 
And faith in the faithfulness of God will give you strength to whatever God has promised you to accomplish in your life. Amen? Amen. Now notice with me. Therefore sprang even of one, and by him good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky and the multitude, and as the sand which is by the sea shore innumerable. These all died in faith. How many of you know you can live in faith, but you also can die in faith? You know, you can do that. But stick around until you're done. When you're done, just go ahead and die in faith. Amen. Go on be with the Lord. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. So they saw something that they didn't quite receive, but they saw them in their heart. They saw them. And I want you to pay attention to three words. And they were persuaded of them, persuaded, number one. And they embraced them, number two. And number three, they confessed. Those three words are very important in our walk of faith. They confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. How many of you know that when you believe God and you become persuaded, hallelujah, that there comes something in your heart of a fullness of God's Spirit in your life? Turn me to Acts chapter 26. Now, this is uh, the Apostle Paul, and we're going to begin at verse 13. As we look at our lesson tonight. Uh, But in Acts chapter 26 and verse 13. This is the account of the Apostle Paul standing before King Agrippa. And then he's standing before Festus. And he's basically rehearsing the vision of the things that God had told him to do. And he said in verse 13. At midnight, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun. Shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we are all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking, saying in Hebrew, Why do you persecute me, Saul? It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Verse 15. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. Number one, to make you a minister and a witness. Both of these things which you have seen and those things which you will appeal to you. Delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send you. Secondly, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan and to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and so on. Verse 19 says, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not obedient unto the heavenly, disobedient unto the heavenly division, not division, division, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea, And then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and to do works meet for repentance. Wow, you could preach on repentance for a while. Verse 21, For these causes the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me, having therefore obtained help from God, I continue this day. And he's, he's, he's telling all these things that Christ has done for him. And, of course, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside yourself, verse 24. Much learning has made you mad. (laughs) But he said, I'm not mad, Festus, but I speak forth the word of truth and soberness, for the king knows of these things before whom I also speak freely, for I am persuaded. Was Paul persuaded? I'm persuaded. That none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. Woo! That'll preach. 
Man, that, you know what? When Jesus rose from the dead, it wasn't done in a corner. Amen. But the question was, was Paul persuaded? And the answer is yes. Verse 27, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that you believe. And then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost you persuade me to be a Christian. I want to tell you what, that's not good enough. Being almost persuaded is about the same as not being persuaded at all. Or at best, being partially persuaded. Now, if you're partially persuaded concerning a certain thing in the Word of God, you might get partial results. You know? Now, you can't be partially persuaded when it comes to salvation. you got to know Jesus is Lord. So he wasn't going to get any results till he did become persuaded. But there are many Christians today that are not fully persuaded. They're partially persuaded. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. That faith is persuaded. Faith is fully persuaded. Look with me at Romans chapter 4. And I want you to notice in verse 17. He said, as it is written. This is God speaking to Abram. He said, I might just, if I'm in a good mood, make you the father of many nations. What if God would have said that? Could he have been persuaded? No. He said, it's a sure thing. I made you a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead. God can make dead things alive. God can take dead kidneys and give them life. Amen? Dead relationships. But now notice with me. And calleth those things which be not as though they were. Say this with me. Faith calls those things which what? Faith calls those things which what? As though they were. Hmm. So, now if you get cold tonight, raise your hand. They can do something about it. But uh, think about this for a moment. Faith calls those things which be not as though they were. Can you call yourself strong when you feel weak? So the thing which is not in the natural, there's not strength. But faith calls itself strong. Until one is strong. Can you call yourself healed while you still have symptoms in your body? Can you call yourself rich when every indicator in your life is that you're poverty stricken? How can you call yourself rich When you have symptoms of poverty, very simple. You're not calling it according to your life. You're calling it according to the word of life. Can you call your kids saved? Well, they're still out in the clubs. Can you call the Bay Area 
revived, restored, rejuvenated. While it looks like it's going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> Can you call yourself highly favored? When a door hasn't opened up for you for 10 years. Well, I just believe like calling it like it is. You keep calling it like it is. It is going to be what it is until it is. Well, I just believe in being real. Yeah, real dumb. I didn't call you dumb. But that's dumb. Faith doesn't call the things that are as though they are. You don't need to call anything that is as it is because it already is. You need to start calling those things which be not as though they were. How long, pastor? Until they are. Can you call yourself employed when you're unemployed? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's worth our trip in tonight. Years ago, down in uh, Brother Copeland's minister's conference, I wasn't there. Uh, But Brother Jerry Savell spoke one afternoon. And this was a few years back. And he said that the Lord had given him some instruction for the new year. And he says, you have not been doing a few things and I want you to make that adjustment and start doing it. And basically, I want you to tell those that you minister to in the body of Christ the same thing. The first one, he says, you're not praying in the spirit enough. I don't remember the third thing, but I distinctly remember the second thing. The second thing was, is you're not calling those things which be not as though they were enough. Did you know that it's easy to let these truths slip? It's it's easy to come to a Bible study and and say, man, that was good. I felt the anointing. It was wonderful. But what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do tomorrow morning? If there's symptoms in your body. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Hallelujah. That's what faith does. And you have the spirit. We could say it this way. Those with the spirit of faith call those things which be not as though they were. Now verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. Say according to that which was spoken two times real strong. According to that which was spoken. Let me ask you, was it spoken? So God said, you're the father of many nations. It was spoken. All natural hope was gone, but Abraham discarded natural hope. And the Bible says, who against this natural hope believed in a supernatural hope. In other words, he became expectant for what God said to come to pass would come to pass. Say this with me. Faith expects. Those things that have been spoken in His Word and by His Spirit 
in my spirit, faith is expectant. I'm expecting those things to come to pass. You got it? Got that? We say of a person that is pregnant that they're expecting. I am pregnant with a promise. Pastor Tom is pregnant with a promise. Get pregnant with the promises and expect. Verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. How many knots are there? One, two, three. In two verses, verse 19 and 20, there are three knots. If you want to become and stay fully persuaded, you've got to keep the knots in your life. You take the knots out and you're in trouble. Let's read it with the knots out. And being weak in faith, he considered his own body. He staggered at the promise of God through unbelief. Okay. Now, question for you tonight. I don't believe, let me make a statement rather than a question. I don't believe that Abraham went around talking the problem. After he got to a point where he was fully persuaded, the unbelief stopped. Now listen to this very carefully. I can't, you can't, continually talk the problem and be in faith. You can't continually talk the disease And get free from the disease. You can't continually talk how poor you are and be in faith. And there are some people that use sickness to get attention. You can't use sickness as attention getter and get your healing. I'm not saying you do that. But we can't do that. Amen? And we learned it when we were young, when we were three and four years old. Oh, I'm not feeling good. And mom comes and cuddles you and makes some chicken noodle soup for you. And you think, hmm, these boogers aren't all that bad. (laughs) Well, if I got my healing, I have to have to go off disability. Yeah. Amen. So then, at the first indication of a problem, we need to get on it and get it out. Verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I wrote this in my notes today. I saw it earlier. It just came to me. And that is this, that unbelief will have a staggering effect on your life. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, and how that unbelief will have a staggering effect. Now, many of you have been drunk before, naturally, and thank God in the Spirit. In our days of being drunk and the natural are over with. But one thing drunks do is they stagger. You know? You ever seen a drunk walking down the street? He's staggering. Something else about a drunk. A drunk doesn't think straight. Doesn't think right. Drunks get stupid quick. Alcohol makes people stupid. 
It makes them think that they can drive when they can't even see their keys. Just like texting might make some people real stupid. Well, anyway. But, but I, I, I saw this. Unbelief can take its toll on our lives. It can cause us to stagger. And it can really pollute our mind. Unbelief can affect your thinking. And when your thinking gets affected or infected by unbelief, which at the root is fear and doubt, the next thing that will take place is you'll start saying it and start acting on that. It just follows suits. Suit. Verse 21. Here's what we want to see tonight. Read it with me if you would, please. And being... Read that again. And being... That what he had promised, he was able also to perform. He wasn't just persuaded, he was fully persuaded. And he was fully persuaded by the promise. And when he got fully persuaded by the promised, he was also fully persuaded that, hey, this is a done deal. It's going to be performed in my life. I am expecting. Say that with me. I am expecting. I've written in my notes, he was persuaded by the promise and he was persuaded at his ability to perform. Mm -hmm. I love that. Get fully persuaded at his ability to perform on your behalf. He is the great performer. He watches over his word to perform it. I can hear clear in my spirit now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power, according to the word, according to the full persuadedness of his covenant that's on the inside. Now I'm going to open my iPad. Yes, I have an iPad. And I want to look at various verses on this word persuaded. I looked up. The word persuaded. The word persuaded means convinced. It means to be assured. It means to be absolutely confident. It means to be certain. It means to be absolutely sure. I am convinced that my my wife would never leave me nor forsake me. I'm convinced that she would never have an affair. I'm absolutely confident in that. I'm fully persuaded. Why? Because I know her. And that's a key to becoming fully persuaded is to know him. I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Woo, glory! It's just not knowing a bunch of scriptures, it's knowing the author of the scripture. That I may, woo, glory, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So that's what it means. Just a few verses real quickly. And being fully assured that what he promised, he was able to perform. That's ASV. Amplified, fully satisfied and assured that God was able to 
and mighty to keep his word and to do what he promised. The CEB, he was fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. Uh, The CEV, Abraham was certain that God could do what he promised. Most fully knowing, Abraham was sure he was fully convinced. Absolutely confident. And you can go from a place, from not being persuaded at all, to being a little bit persuaded, to being more persuaded, to being fully persuaded. Amen? So wherever you're at, don't get down on yourself. Amen? If you're here, keep looking into the perfect law of liberty. Keep getting in the Word. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom. Just, you can't overdose on it, but just overdose on the Word. And pray a lot in the Holy Ghost. And you can go from a place in your life where at one time you weren't persuaded at all, but you heard the truth and the truth then set you free. And you just keep pouring the truth. It's like the law of displacement. There are certain things that need displaced out of our thinking and out of our heart to become fully persuaded. It's just like that glass of milk. If you want a glass of water and you want to displace the milk, you just keep pouring the water in and pouring the water in and pouring the water in and soon the milk will be gone and you'll have nothing but pure water. And that's the same with your spiritual life. Amen. Amen. Say good preaching, Pastor. (laughs) So, he staggered not. He was fully persuaded. I'm fully persuaded that the money will come in. I'm fully persuaded that my body will function in the perfection to which God created to function until my race is over. I'm fully persuaded that I'll leave this earth strong, healthy, and whole, not beat up, poor, and full of disease. You see, people of faith aren't wishy-washy. People of faith are fully persuaded. Again, in verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Remember, Brother George uh, had the teaching, or was it a class called Fully Persuaded? Oh, man. Awesome teaching. Fully persuaded. So here's the question. I've already answered it for you. But let me reiterate. How do you become fully persuaded? The word fully means completely, entirely, without lack or defect, in a manner to give satisfaction to the extent desired, as to be fully persuaded of a truth or a proposition. Fully persuaded. Persuaded in your mind. Satisfied with the evidence. Convicted in your heart. How do we do that? I know in whom I believed. Get full of the word. We've answered it already. Now, Let's ask ourselves in closing tonight, how then do I stay or how do I remain fully persuaded? Because how many of you know we can leak? You know, I learned a long time ago about vision. Vision leaks. And that's why vision needs to be rehearsed. Right? 
You know, if there's a mist in the pulpit, there's a fog out there in the <laughs> congregation. <laughs> and so we face battles all the time. All the time we're facing battles. We're fighting the good fight of faith. We're casting down imaginations. Yeah, we're resting in the Lord, but the labor that we enter into to remain in the rest of God is to stand up and fight the good fight of faith. And, and so faith can fluctuate. You ever seen that? You look at the stock market and uh, you see maybe it was down here on Monday and then it went up a little bit on Tuesday. Then back down a little bit on Wednesday, but then way up on Thursday. And then stayed up. Well, faith can fluctuate. It can. It does. And so it becomes then our responsibility to learn how to remain fully persuaded. Now, I want to I draw something from Philip's translation out of Romans 4.21. And I don't think that we have Philip's up there. So let me just read it to you. This is not the way. This is one way. This isn't all the ways to stay fully persuaded, but this will help you. In Philip's translation says, He drew strength from his faith. He drew strength from his faith. And while giving glory to God, he remained absolutely convinced. That God was able to implement His own promise. Thank God. Now I'm going to read it again. He drew strength from His faith. And the way that He drew strength from His faith, one of them is He continually lived in an attitude of giving glory to God. I declare to you while you're expecting the promise to be performed that you're fully persuaded of while you're expecting the faith that is the foundation of those things that you confident and favorably expect while you are there continue to give praise to God thank Him when you don't feel like it thank Him when it doesn't look like anything's happening give glory to God say thank you Lord I'm healed thank you Lord my bills are paid thank you Lord my babies are coming from the north, south, east and west thank you Lord thank you Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And again, I say unto you, thank you, Jesus. Woo, thank you, thank you, Jesus. You're so good to me. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. You're so good to me. Healed my broken body. You're so good to me. So good, so good to me. Filled me with the Holy Ghost. You're so good to me. Hallelujah. Brought my babies out of the mental institutions. You're so good to me. Woo! Shout it. Glory to God. Give glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo! Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. He drew strength from his faith as he gave glory to God. Amen. I'm probably not thinking about it right now, but there must be a verse of scripture in the Bible that connects praise and strength together. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained strength. Glory to God. So, you know, I get excited about it and I like to preach. I could run and shout, you know. 
But this is a real important truth. Because most of the time you don't feel like thanking God. And if you don't feel like thanking God and you don't thank God, you never will thank God. And if you don't thank God on a regular basis, you won't draw strength from your faith. Amen. But he drew strength from his faith. And while giving glory to God, now this also, notice, he remained absolutely convinced. He remained. He stayed fully persuaded. He stayed fully convinced. Wow. I submit to you tonight that giving glory to God will help you remain fully persuaded. Amen. Do you see that? And then lastly, look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 in the Amplified Version. We didn't even really get into the word embraced and then confessed. But we'll define that in closing. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, here's another way to stay fully persuaded, to remain fully convinced. Just keep looking at Him. Just keep beholding Him. Behold the Lamb of God. Which takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God. Which took my infirmities. Behold the Lamb of God. That paid the price for my lack. In Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. In the Amplified Version it says. Looking away. From everything that would distract to Jesus. Keep looking to Him. Keep looking to Him. Are there distractions? Certainly there are. You face the same distractions I do. But you have the ability to look away from those. So if we're going to look away from the distractions, then our choice then is looking unto Jesus. He's the author and the finisher and the performer of our faith. And therefore in Abraham's life it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it might be imputed to him, but also for us. So they were persuaded and then they embraced. I love this definition, embrace. This is what we can do with God's promises. To enclose in the arms, to clasp to the bosom, to seize, to lay hold of, to receive, to comprehend, to contain. And I love this, to accept. I just accept it. Yes, Lord. You love me. Yes, I accept that. You just got to accept what Christ has already done for you. It's not based on your merits. It's not based on your good looks, your bad looks, your height, whatever. It's based on His goodness. And then the word confessed. I love this. They confessed. To confess means to own. You need to own up to the word. That's mine. It also means to acknowledge, to declare to be true. And I love this. To confess means to admit it in words. To admit it. Admit it, you're healed. Admit it, you're the righteousness of God. Admit it, you're the... Re- admit it. Will you admit it, please? 
Just admit it. Come on, I dare you open your mouth. Make a confession. Yeah. This confession will not indict you. This confession will set you free. And this confession will keep you free. For whom the Son set free is free. Let's all stand up and give God praise. Father, we give you praise tonight.